All right, Christine, I think we're live, right? Yeah. I think we're good. So happy and succeeding, the future of work. Today, Ross Burdoff, Zen Business. So this is such a cool thing. So for people who are watching this, you know, and a lot are white collar folks, but it runs the gamut. And there's such a built up demand for what could be a side hustle? How can I get another gig? How can I make some extra money? How can I ditch the corporate world and be my own boss? How do I get involved with a startup? So I thought, who better than Ross to share, hey, you can do this and how you can do it and how he can make it easy. So Ross, maybe you could share a little bit about your company, what you do, and then we could kind of talk about how people can kind of free themselves and kind of take a chance and be an entrepreneur. Well, first of all, Jack, I'm honored to be on your show. Um, and the thanks for having me here. You know, I, I worry that I'm going to be like the Pied Piper of quitting your job. You know, we, we read about the, the great resignation. I'm afraid I'm going to get a call from someone's significant other. What did you put in this person's head that now they're in their underwear all day in the house working on their side? You know, when we started this thing, uh, you know, we saw this trend of people wanting to, you know, get more out of life, get a side hustle going, and the pandemic really accelerated that. I mean, either out of necessity or people were, you know, forced to reexamine what they're doing um, and, you know, really has accelerated this trend. We've continued to see that. You see it in the press all over the Great Resignation recently. We surveyed our customers and we asked them two questions. The first question was, hey, why'd you take this brave leap into entrepreneurship that's fraught with peril and, and danger at every turn? And we got three surprising answers. Uh, I, I thought they were remarkable, actually. The first answer was they wanted to change their life. The second answer was they wanted to make more money for themselves and their family. That's an obvious one. And the third one was they wanted to change the world. So, you know, these folks really want to make a difference. And, uh, you know, the pandemic's made everybody re-examine. When you hear our follow-up question, which was, do you believe, because we're a, a public benefits corporation at Zen Business, our mission is to help these folks. We asked them, do you believe that Zen Business can help you on their journey? We've got an overwhelming 89.9% of our customer base said, yes, we can help that Zen Business can help us. And that's what we're focused on. You can call us, you can email us, you can text us, you can use our platform. And it's here as that single solution to get your business up and running. We figured out all of the ucky business stuff so that you don't have to worry about it. Uh, we've got your back so that you can focus on and our customers aren't, they, they aren't, you know, you don't just wake up. I've been doing this for, you know, close to 40 years, I didn't just wake up as an entrepreneur and know everything. Uh, on the contrary, I had people that helped me on this journey. And that's what we do at Zen Business. We pulled everything together for, uh, you know, these solopreneurs, these single, single person businesses to help them get up and running. So they don't have to worry about that. They don't have to worry about getting their formation right or compliance or taxes or invoicing, or what's a merchant account, or which business bank to use, we've got that all worked out, or website, we got that all nailed for them. So, so if I could 
add to this for people who are, who are watching now and then what we do ross is you know we'll edit it clean up put it back on social media so whoever watches in the future ross may come across as this nice humble you know texas <laughs> coming from nebraska guy but he's an entrepreneur who's behind and a chief technology officer who's been behind some big businesses. So this guy's the real deal. So even though he has that, you know, you know, down home kind of vibe, maybe, maybe you could share a little bit. And I should have probably prefaced it this way. So they get a sense of, you know, of the companies that you've been involved with and you've been like tons of mergers and acquisitions. So maybe you could share a little bit about your background too. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it uh, well, I mean, maybe like a lot of our customers, you know, uh, you know, growing up humble and, uh, you know, with not, without a lot of opportunity makes you hungry. <laughs> and so I definitely had the, uh, you know, uh, that as a motivator, you know, early on, I was at Excite.com, uh, one of the, the early people at Excite.com and the search engine, you know, internet 1.0. Then I was the founding CTO at uh, HomeAway, you know, we uh, raised all this money, uh, $400 plus million. And, uh, and back then, that's huge. Like that now they huge. throw around 400 Biggest, like it's nothing. Yeah, back then, that was monstrous. Unicorn, uh, unicorn company uh, took it public, and then we sold it to Expedia for $3.9 billion. So I went through that ride. And you know, right, wait, wait, can I interrupt? So, how did that feel? You say it so casually, right? Like, oh yeah, we sold it for three point nine billion. I'm thinking, holy, this <laughs> bleak. Yeah, I mean, it, how it, did that feel? Like well, three point nine billion. Felt, yeah, it felt fantastic, and yeah. you know, it also feels fantastic knowing that a lot of those people now work for me at Zen Business. Yeah. You know, that went to Expedia. It also feels great that you know Expedia viewed that as one of their best acquisitions. And it's really uh, the whole vacation rental space. We actually created that segment. Well, because it's Verbo, right? That was, Verbo. you started right. that, right? Yeah, we started Verbo. So what's up with Airbnb? Well, I mean, on your act, Dan. Oh, this is fantastic. This is a great <laughs> question. So, you know, I hope that my former executives at Homeway are listening to this. Yeah. Because they're, they're all older than me in age. Uh, and maybe they have just a touch bit more experience. But I remember when Airbnb came along and I said, listen, you guys, this company out of San Francisco is going to kill us in this segment. And, uh, you know, our response was, listen, man, we're doing, you know, 100x in bookings. You know, we really got this thing. We created the segment. You know, these guys in the city aren't going to be able to do anything. And I said, this is a classic disruption you know, they're going after a segment that we're not, we're not focused on and they've got a better product. Wait, so what was for, so Verbo wasn't like overnight? It was what, more long-term stays or how, how was it different? Oh, uh, all of Verbo is vacations. So oh, okay. think of vacation spots and Airbnb oh, okay. was all urban. So they really tapped into that, into that segment. And, you know, they could do, now here's the silver lining to it. Uh, you know, home away now. VRBO did great. Airbnb's done done great. We've got some Airbnb people working for us uh, uh, now. A lot of them have moved to Austin uh, recently. What what 
Zen business now is doing in the formation space is the same thing that Airbnb did in the uh, vacation rental space. We're disrupting this whole segment, this whole market. It is very difficult as the incumbent in the old days as us being home away to compete with VRBO with uh, Airbnb just because you know they didn't have all of the 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 uh, legacy that we had to deal with. Same thing in this space. We're the first movers, we're the innovators, we're being able to disrupt with price, product, service, everything. I can tell you it's much better being on this end of the spectrum to, to be the innovator and the disruptor. And I also think that, Jack, this translates, and, and I try to bring this, and all the executives at Zen Business try to bring this forward to our customers too. These small solopreneur businesses are more competitive than the big folks that they're competing with in their space, right? They've got, you know, if you're a lawn mowing service or if you're a house cleaning service or you're a marketing uh, service or an engineer uh, programmer or, or, or any of these service-based businesses or e-commerce businesses, you can be more flexible. You can be more nimble. You can really attack your com competition from this, uh, you know, this uh, this uh, nimbleness point of view, and so the same thing that we're doing in our market, Zen, we want to translate that to our customers also, so that they don't have to worry about all the back office uh, ucky stuff. They call it ucky paperwork. Back is, is that a sophisticated tech word? That's is what that... they call it. We we literally we interview them. They said, "Man, I don't I don't want to do the the ucky paperwork. I just want to go out and sell my product." And we and they should. They should be focused on revenue. See, it's so interesting because you take a, a different perspective that I think most people think of. They think, oh, woe is me. I'm the solo entrepreneur. I'm up against, I'm David against Goliath. But what you're saying is like, David has secret weapon. You know, they're nimble. They could fight differently. They could weave in and out. They're not stuck with all the legacy headaches and uh, everybody else who's saying, harumph, harumph. We've or, done this for 20 years and this is how we do it. No, we don't want anything new. So or, or stuck, that with, stuck with the public investors that yeah. they have to respond to the public markets. I mean, the last place you'd want to be right now is a public company with the market down. I mean, Jack, we've all worked at big companies. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they're, they're big companies are there to support their stock price, to continue to have growth. And, and many of them are there to do good in the world, you know, but many of them have other motives that as a startup and as a solopreneur business, you know, folks are starting new businesses for those three reasons. They want to change their life. They certainly want to make more money and they want to also change the world. We're here to support them. The, you know, this is a major trend that's, that's going in this way. I think it's, for the better for, for, for all of us. And, um, you know, I'm humbled to be part of Zen business where we can hopefully make a difference, hopefully make a dent as Steve Jobs says in the universe in a positive way. And, you know, I feel like all of our employees feel that way. So when someone calls up and they're having a problem, we're there to fix them. It's, it's not like, Oh, damn, I got to deal with this customer. It's like, thank God customers calling me, I can help them. That, that's what we're focused on. And that's what we 
do when we build the products. We want to solve problems. We want to make it easier because if we can keep these businesses up and running, we do better in the world. We do better for their, them and their families. And it's better for our business because if they stay up and running, then, then they're going to be using our service. Now, you see thousands of small businesses start up. Do you, are there any ones that jump out at you and say, wow, these are really cool, fast-growing concepts that if somebody has been thinking about starting up a business, having a sideline, a gig, whatever you want to call it, that you would say, hey, here's what I'm seeing, and this is maybe something that could be interesting. Yeah, Jack, I get that question, and the, the answer is yes. But, yeah. but let me come back to, if you go and look at the Small Business Administration service survey data, you will see our customer base because our customer base is the small business <laughs> across the board, everything across barbershops, nail salons, everything. So, what gets me excited, honestly, is the unsolicited love letters we get from customers like, Hey, you gave us one of these thousand dollar grants. Prior to that, I was borrowing money from my son to make rent. I used that grant money to get some training. Now I'm doing my own training business and I'm making rent and, and then some, and I'm, you know, headed for a, a 50, $60,000 revenue year <clears throat> with my side business here. That's what gets me excited. It doesn't matter what people do. It's that they're doing it and that it's a service that brings value, you know? So I get it. I get excited about, you know, restaurants, I get excited about, you know, uh, you know, cleaning services, just, just, you know, the regular folks out there making a, a dent, uh, along with the bigger businesses. I mean, you know, consulting, uh, you know, software businesses, designers are a big deal, real estate's a big, a big deal, you know, primarily, um, you know, our folks are service-based businesses. There's a little bit of e-commerce and uh, a little bit of asset protection, very small amount. What kind of mentality does someone need to have for it? Is this, is this for everybody or do you have to have a, a, a level of risk-taking to do it? Yeah, I think that it's for everybody. I think everyone can do this. I think what keeps people back is the fear that they can't do that or the fear of this I'm going to get in trouble with the state if I do it wrong or I'm going to mess up my taxes uh, and we take we remove all of that so don't worry we can we can handle that for you uh, every step of the way so I think it's fear and just taking the the uh, first step is what holds people back um, I think anyone can do it. I mean, I, I'm always surprised we're doing a big Mother's Day promotion here uh, for this Mother's Day. And, and our, our thesis or our pitch here is, hey, you know, my mom ran the household. She got everything <laughs> up and running. If you can do that, you know, starting a business is a piece of cake. Right. It's nothing compared to taking care of three oh, kids, four oh kids. Right? No, it's nothing. It's a piece of cake. So, you know, we really want to reach out to all of the moms, especially because they've been, uh, you know, unfairly uh, uh, disadvantaged as a result of the pandemic. See, what do you think about this? It, it seems, you know, thinking back, the country was founded on kind of small businesses, right? And lately, 
the narrative. All you hear is that big companies. Like, I don't know where that came from. Like, I remember as a kid, it wasn't like the big companies dominated the conversation. You know, it was, it, it was smaller, scrappy companies that, that, that were changing the world and making a difference and not these big plotting, you know, organizations. Like, when did that happen? Where it kind of flipped a little bit, where, you know, where, where you, 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 and I think it's coming back to it, where you're kind of trying to celebrate the entrepreneur. I agree. And, and I don't know the answer to that. That's an yeah. interesting question. Um, you know, I, when I was a kid, it seemed like there were a bunch of local businesses that you went to and you enjoyed. And I can also remember, you know, being uh, upset when the local hardware store goes out of business because the big box yes. chain has taken them out of business or the, you know, the local bread shop or the local restaurant or the, you know, local fix-it shop. I think all of that stuff is coming back. I would hope it's coming back. I think that they, people, you know, I think the question, you know, these answers we got from these folks of changing the world, changing their life, I think people are willing to pay more for local service, for local support. They're willing to pay more for better products and services. And they're just not after, you know, the best price, uh, the lowest cost provider for everything. And I think that, you know, small local businesses, not only can they maybe compete even better on price, but I think they can also compete on service. And, you know, I mean, a lot of these big businesses they make fabulous amounts of money, but they make fabulous amounts of money because they do it at scale. Yeah. And I'm not sure that that level of scale is the best for the planet or for the workers or for, you know, uh, for all of us. Well, you're seeing it now for the workers. You have Amazon, you have Starbucks and uh, other, other, you know, and what else? What was recently? I think even Apple now they're trying to unionize because you're right. It's not they they don't feel that they're being appreciated, and and then you feel it when you come into a, as a customer that you can tell they're not happy. So then the experience picture when you go into a local family restaurant in Austin and it's a family run and the you know the mom's there, the dad, the kids, the love they share, you know, in terms of their cooking, in terms of interacting, yeah. kibitzing with everybody, compared to when you go to just a big chain. That's it's right. night and day. Like you might pay, you probably pay, might even pay less in the small one, but even if you pay more, you feel like, wow, I feel part of this whole thing. That's as right. opposed to just being this like very, you know, cut and dried cookie cutter mold where it's, you know, it's just sterile. I agree. I agree. And I think that's the huge advantage that you have as a, as a smaller business. And I also think, you know, having been an entrepreneur at scale, for big businesses, you know, uh, you know, I want to treat my customers the way I want to be treated, uh, and my employees and the team members as the the way I want to be treated. And so, people, you know, I use my dad, who's now, you know, uh, uh, you know, in his eighties. Uh, he used to call me. Uh, on my cell phone and, and, and he'd say, I called the front desk and nobody answered the damn phone. What the, <laughs> does no one answer the damn phone at your place? 
you know, you laugh because it's true. It's like, you know, everybody answered the phone at my business. And, you know, I think we're coming around to that. People, people love us because we answered the phone. We measure answering the phone by the second and emails and, and chats. You can get a hold of us. And I think, you know, it's not the world anymore where certainly there are products and services where you will put up with no service because it's not that important. But what we're doing here is important. If you've got a question about your business or, or how it's being run or some question about, uh, you know, how, how, how something, some, something you need from us, you should be able to call us and we should be able to answer it. And we do that and customers love it. We get great feedback. Now, of course, we're not trying to make a, a business that doesn't scale. We use a lot of technology uh, and we try to build great products so that they don't have to ask questions. Uh, you know, Tony Shea, God rest his soul, was an early investor in us. And one of the things that we learned from him and his team at Zappos was that, you know, you want the customer to experience this high level of support, but you want to use technology so that they don't have to have that support. Mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you how many pitches I get to write about and I've written about where exactly what you're talking about, where customer calls in, it goes into this call center, the call, the person who answers the phone, if they answer the phone, doesn't know who the customer is, like, who's Jack, who's Ross? Let me check, hold on. And they switch it to someone else, to someone else, to someone else, to someone else. And it's just horrible. It's just a horrible way of doing it. It completely turns off a customer. Yep, agreed. And that's why that's why we treat our customer care people as, you know, the number one employees at the company. We're all here in service of them because they're in service of the customers. If we treat them great, Jack, then they treat our customers great. And by the way, they're on the front lines. That's the way we treat our engineers, our designers, everybody. You know, if you <laughs> I mean, we've all called companies where we know exactly how management treats the employees. It's obvious. <laughs> it's so obvious, right? It's so obvious. Feel, oh my God, you just feel it. You kind of feel that they're unhappy, they're miserable, yeah, they're ordering. They're trying to exert. Oh my God. They're trying to exert their unhappiness yeah. on you. Yes. Like, let's see what they deal with this. Let me see if I can piss this guy off. <laughs> Right. It's, it's, it, you can just even feel it by, by like coming through the phone, that, yes. that, that, that negative energy that they're giving that's off. A, and that's the, I mean, I hate to say, I mean, I know this is self-serving, but I spent a lot of time with our folks and the, especially the early folks on onboarding and, and they're like, I'm excited to answer the phone here. I'm excited to talk about our product. In fact, we just had a recent, uh, uh, woman that joined the crew she's from new york we were talking about pizza she said new york pizza is better than chicago pizza <laughs> I, I had to agree with her and she's down in the carolinas because her dad's down there and and she said you know she said hey ross i had uh, a customer call me the other day and they said hey really what do you think what do you think of the company and i thought that was interesting that a customer was asking her what do you think of the company, you know? And she said, I honestly came back and I said, this is the best company I've ever worked for. They really treat the their customers great. They always make it work. You know, if I was going to start up a business, I'd be using you guys. 
and 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 that's not in our script anywhere, Jack. We don't we don't say, <laughs> Tiffany, make damn sure you say this. This is what Tiffany said, and you know, and I'm positive that that it came across in our conversation. I'm sure it came across when she was talking to our customer. Right, right. And you can want, imagine a big, you can imagine a big company being like, and I would do this too yeah. if I. <laughs> yes, this is All the right. best place to work at. Because, you know, it's like almost like a hostage situation by them saying that's it that right. way. And that's the difference where I think the that our customer base, they can apply that same mentality. They can apply that same mentality to their customers because that's what they want. I mean, I mean, we, you know, we, if life is short. We want to have, I want to have good I want to, or as I always say, I want to be able to sleep at night. I want to make the world a better place. And if it comes down to, uh, you know, one of my customer care people is upset about something that we do or a product, or it's not up to snuff, we're going to fix it. Because I don't want our customer care people going, oh, hang on, let me give you this talk about why this is not goofed up or whatever, you know, I want us to all be, you know, honest and square with our customers because it just, it's just the way you should run a business. And that's why we're seeing this fabulous growth. Customers come to us, like, where do these people come from? Well, they're coming from our own customers who are referring us. Just out of curiosity, how did you feel when you started this? Because you, you've been, you know, serial entrepreneur, oh. business person. Oh. Did you, even though you've been through it, did you have like, you know, those kind of scared oh to death? God. Scared yeah. to death. I mean, you know, yeah. Jack, I'd spent my career as you know, I went to school, got a computer science degree at at University of Texas, and uh, you know, I've always been the I was founding CTO at at HomeAway, and you know, it's quite a leap to go from CTO to CEO. It's it's an unusual leap, but you know, like many of our customers, and I told my lovely wife, who's really the, the, the smarts and, and push behind me, I, I said, Paula, I don't have anything else to do. I'm going to have to be a CEO. There's nowhere else left to go because I don't want to be a, a CTO again. And, you know, so tons of fear. And I think everybody has that. And it's important to acknowledge that tons of fear. Can I raise money? Are people gonna, you know, uh, follow me? Am I gonna make the right decisions? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so far so good as I tell my existing CTO who worked for me at HomeAway, I said, Alex, you have the worst job in the whole company. The CEO job is way easier than the CTO <laughs> job, <laughs> you know? And I support you hundred percent. What do you need? What can I do to make your, your job easier? So, you know, I think the, it's not as hard as you think. And, you know, I always, uh, Jack, I've got, I hope you can see this here. I've got this uh, on my arm here. And I don't know if you can, can you read that? Fear is alive. <laughs> and that's a, that's a permanent tattoo. That's a permanent tattoo. Wait, wait, you got another one too. What's the other oh, one? I got a lot. I got, a, I got quite a few of them. They're Jedi Knight and all kinds oh, of stuff. But, but that <laughs> one awful. I put right there because to remind me, 
and to write, remind everybody else, fear is a liar. And so I think we, we uh, you know, fall for it probably because, you know, when we were on the savanna in Africa, we actually had tigers chasing us. So to have a good fear response was a survival <laughs> mechanism, uh, but it's not useful anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you shared this because, you know, you hear CEOs in interviews and they're all like, you know, they're, they're full of themselves and, and no, oh, yeah, this is, you know, making it sound like it's easy. But I love the fact that you're human enough to be honest and transparent, which is hard for a lot of people to do and say, yeah, shit, yeah, I was scared. I was afraid. I was worried. And, and it takes a lot of guts for someone to say that. And I think that helps a lot of people who watch this, who are entrepreneurs, who say, oh, easy for him to do. No. But in a way, sometimes tell me this. I think somebody it's probably harder for you to do because you had a rep, your reputation. You've been a business guy for for decades, and then if it doesn't work, you have to worry. Oh my God, what if now? Like, what are people going to remember me? How are my friends going to look at me? How are That's my? Right. So it's almost like you have more to lose. That's so, right. And, right. And I, I agree with that, Jack. And it's it's uh, again, fear is a liar. Now here's the thing, Jack, and it's a test. That's wait, but that's a bowler move, though. I got, I can't get out go over that. Just those are those are big tattoos. Those that's are a big, big tattoo. That's Damn. a big ass tattoo. It's important. <laughs> um, and um, I will tell you, the CEOs that I appreciate and talk to and get advice from and respect across the board, I ask them, and they all are just like me. Absolutely, I'm scared. Absolutely, I have fear. The difference is, is that I realize that, you know, there's uh, some of these fears are founded and they're logical. <laughs> right, and, right. And, I, and I call those fears, those are the fears that keep you uh, awake at night. I can't sleep. Oh, you know what? I need to do this in order to sleep, you know? And so we can make some changes in the business. We don't ignore those things. Uh, you know, we, we get, we get uh, corrected if there's something needs to be corrected. The fears I'm talking about are the ones that you brought up, which is like, oh, what about my reputation? What about, you know, uh, the amount of work I'm going to have to do? What if I don't do it? What if I fail? All of those kind of, um, you know, I think line-based fears that we're all up against, I mean, I don't, I mean, Clearly, there's no lack of money in the world, Jack. I mean, Elon Musk just moved to Austin, and I swear to God, the property value went up 20%. So, so there's plenty of money out there. There's no lack of that. I think we just have to take that brave leap and, you know, make it happen. You know, my, my COO at, at Zen Business, uh, Shanaz Amadi, and I've worked with her through the four, four of the last companies. And she is the most competent, detail-oriented, you know, uh, person in the world. We are so lucky to have her. And she says to the company, in the front of the whole company, everybody there, she says, listen, we're all learning. You can ask any questions. You know, no one's getting fired for making a mistake uh, here. L you know, let's just go forward and take the next right step and we'll work it out, you know, and, and, you know, and, and that's what people need to, that's the way businesses run. If anyone's telling you different, they're lying. 
Now you can get, once you get big and sophisticated and scale, there's rules and we have all of that going on, but that's just standard operating procedure. But when you're forging new ground and trying to figure it out, you know, everything kind of works out. This might sound trippy, but in terms of Zen, and I'm, I'm into like Zen Buddhism, so I, I'm, I'm down with that. And is, is there also this calmness in a way where you rather, it's less fear to actually do something than there is to worry and think about it so that you have, because how many people are scared to do something and that haunts them their whole life? That what if, what if, what if, what if, because they never had the courage to do it. And you feel in a way it's more fearful not to do something because now you're always going to live with regret. I should have, could have, would have. And, and, and it's easy to say, F it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Does that make I'm sense? With you. I'm Does with that... you, Jack. And that's why I told my wife, I said, I didn't, I, I wasn't going to be a CTO again. It's too difficult. And so the only place I had to go was to be a CEO. And I just took the, took the leap and, um, you know, it's worked out so far. I think People, I, I'm with you, Jack. I mean, yeah. I, I'm now. Let's let's also let's not be um, Pollyannic about it. It's easy for a guy like me who's been. This is not entirely true. I'm being a little harsh on myself. There was plenty of time where I had to work because I had to feed the family, mm -hmm. and you know, paycheck to paycheck. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, and so when you're in that mindset, it's, um, you know, you have less lofty goals. <laughs> My goal was, you know, keep the job, get a raise, make the car payment, make the house payment. And at the same time, it's in those times that you also have to, you know, reach for something higher to get out of that trap. And I think everyone, you know, has, uh, everyone can do that, you know, to move forward. So, you know, in most situations, but I, I don't, I also don't want to be Pollyannic. Some people need more help than others. Yeah. And speaking of help, you mentioned your wife on a few occasions. Do you think for somebody who wants to try something new and different, it's important to have your family behind you and to have that support at home because it is going to take a lot of work a lot of time yeah. do, you, do you find that's a that's yeah. a really helpful I it, yeah i think that's super helpful i think you need your your family i think you need a support network here's the here's the thing i can call up and i make this a habit and you know you can put my email out here on this deal people send me email all the time i never ever blow them off and you know what's funny? I can send email to some of the most powerful people in the world and they never, ever blow me off. And I think that's a common trait that uh, as human beings, as good human beings, we want to help each other. Mm -hmm. And so I think that if people put themselves out there and ask for help, people want to help you. People want to see other people be successful. You get, you know, you're talking about the the... Zen and Buddhism, I heard a, a piece on NPR and they interviewed uh, this Buddhist monk and he said, you know, the key to happiness is not taking, the key to happiness is giving. Mm -hmm. And that's been my experience is the key to happiness is, is giving. For me, 
creating jobs, creating, uh, you know, commerce and wealth for all of my employees and my investors, being able to spread this word and, you know, ultimately being able to help my customers. That's all about giving. It's not about taking. We aren't, you know, I, I you know, uh, we definitely want to make a profit and we're here to make a profit, but that's so we can support the business and the, and everybody that's contributed to this thing, but it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. I think it, it, uh, and that's why we're a public benefits corp too. We, we don't believe it's a zero sum game. And just to go back a little bit, when you mentioned Elon Musk, what do you, what do you think, does he kind of epitomize it? Because this guy takes huge risks. Like right now with Twitter, it'd be easy for him to walk away and not be bothered and be pillared, you know, beat up in the press and all that. I mean, does he kind of show like, hey, I'm going to take my money out of PayPal. Like, I think any probably normal person, hey, I made a windfall when he was really young, PayPal probably could have enough money to live on forever then. And he said, nope, I'm going to put it into electric cars, just roll the dice and do it. Is that? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think he absolutely does epitomize that. I also think that uh, one thing that I try to live by, I know it's hard to, is that, you know, it's none of my business what other people think of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'll say that again. It's none of my business what other people is, think. Is that like a superpower that by doing that, it just frees you up for not caring what people say or think, and you could just do what you do, and that's yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to have a, you know, you have to have some moral code mm-hmm. that you, you operate by. You can't be, you know, antisocial or, you know, you, you, you've got to have a moral code. Uh, but, you know, short of that, you know, it really isn't. If I worried about what people thought of me, all I'm, all I'm focused on is what my wife thinks of me yeah. and what my, uh, you know, kids think of me when we signed up, uh, uh, you know, when we, when, when I met the president, uh, you know, there was a picture of me with the president. I sent that to my kids and their first response, Jack, was, Oh, that's a cut out of the president. You know, <laughs> they, they had to actually Google that he was in town and I met the president. <laughs> Finally, I get the respect I deserve. So, but there's nothing like family and friends to get you grounded, right? There's nothing yeah, like that. If absolutely. you get a swelled head to bring you down there's, to earth, just nothing, like that. Yeah, there's nothing like kids to keep you, <laughs> keep you, uh, you know keep you humble so yeah i've always my goal jack is to be famous like you or to be in hollywood <laughs> and then i'll finally get the respect yeah. I, i'm i'm deserved so what 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 movie are you gonna play like what are you gonna do like what's the part oh i don't care anything <laughs> yeah anything i mean you know elon's been in a couple movies he's done yeah. pretty good if I can pull that off, I'm okay. Really? So, okay. I'll keep my eyes open. See if I, keep, I run into... Keep me eye, my, your eyes yeah. open. So, hey, so for people, before we head out, so for people, because you mentioned about email, if you want to reach out to, to Zen Business, you know, to Ross, how, what's the best way for people to reach you? Ross at zenbusiness.com. Great. And then they could Great. always go to the website and we have tons of support there. Uh, you know, I've, I've been on a couple of these podcasts and the person on the other end of the phone, they're, they're on the other line, they're, they're, they're in there and they come back and they said, oh my God, 
your company, they're chatting back to me. They're answering my question <laughs> real time. Like, you know, I'm asking questions. I said, good. And they, and they always ask, did you set them up to do that? I said, hell, I didn't know you were going to do that. No. Uh, that's great. A anything I didn't ask you that I don't know you, you have a, anything that we missed out that people would want to know, but I, I think we covered a lot, huh? Uh, we did, Jack. You're great. You're fantastic. No, my pleasure. Yeah, it's, I have, you know what? You're only good when you have someone to work with. That, that, that's a great story. My job is easy. You do all the hard work. But I really love it. I love the fact that you, know, you, you show that people can do it. You could be afraid, but you could still go and do it. You, could just, you don't have to jump in all at once. You can dip your toe in the water, still have a job, still look for something. And, and the fear, you know, you cope just like anything. Cope with it, overcome it, move forward. And there's just so much opportunity. So it's, it's I think people, for a lot of people, this is great advice. And people want to help. I mean, Jack, yeah. you're helping right now. We're helping. I see, this is, can I tell you, this is why I love doing this, Ross, because I love bringing, you know, to take a side note, is that we all see it. Like, you know, you watch cable news and everyone's just yelling and screaming at each other. Nothing gets accomplished. You go on social media, everyone's arguing, everyone's fighting. In real life, people are arguing and fighting. And it's ridiculous. And, the, you know, I speak to people like yourself every day that are doing really cool, awesome things. So I want to, you know, bring that out because I think in our culture, we'd be better off when we have people like yourself who could talk, hey, things are positive. I know, yes, it could be a third world war. Yeah, all right, it probably won't, but it could be. Yeah, but you can't live your life that way. You got to live your life like you have a life and move forward and be happy and motivated. And here's what you could do and you could take action. And that's the thing too. It's like you get beat. I think there's a drum beat. You know, you know, Ross, you probably see this of just like negativity where you just want to give up, but we need more people like yourself. Like, no, just the opposite. L let's make something happen. Let's build something. Let's build something for your family, for the next right. generation. That's and right. I think that message is so important. And, and, right. and oftentimes they don't, it's not, you know, it's not talked about. So I'm glad when we can have these conversations and guys like you or serial entrepreneurs and they could show, hey, and I think also is that you come across as a regular nice guy. So if like, you, you know, people watching, hey, if Ross could do it, I can do it. You know, it gives them, it empowers them to say, I can take that chance. So this, this is great, man. Good. I appreciate it. That's, that's more than I could ask for. Thank you Excellent. so much. Jack. Oh, thanks. It was great seeing you. Bye-bye.